This story is brought to you by my colleagues from the Technician Newsroom, who toil day and sometimes night to bring you everything you need to know about the Asian tech and startup scene. More on that in a bit, but first, on with the show. Welcome to Deep Dive, a show where we discuss the biggest headlines to hit the startup scene with the journalists who broke the stories. My name's Nat, and to kick off the new year, we're going to be talking about the recession. It's undeniable, we're in a recession. And though it took a while for it to hit this side of the world, startups and VCs have been prepping for this downturn for months. Since July last year, Technation's Colin Furtado has been speaking to the region's leading investors to hear what they have to say about the recession. So what better way to start 2023 than hearing from Colin on his takeaways from the series so far? It's not an arguable topic anymore, but we're clearly in the recession right now, right? Um, could you, I guess, give a brief primer for our listeners on how this recession is impacting businesses and investments in the Southeast Asian and Asian region right now. Okay, so I'll start with the definition of recession is like a period of temporary economic decline and where trade and industrial activities reduce. It's generally seen when there is usually two successive quarters of GDP decline, you know, uh, growth decline. The recession seems to be caused by different macroeconomic conditions, such as like inflation, which is happening, which is also caused because of the hike in interest rates and the ongoing Ukraine crisis. It's not like that VCs don't have enough of money uh, to invest. In fact, like most of these VCs, we are also continuing to see them raising funds. So they have enough of dry powder. But right now they're being a little bit cautious on their investments. So this has impacted, you know, the startup system globally, and not only in Southeast Asia, but in Southeast Asia, we've seen funding deals, especially, go down drastically. In June, I think it was somewhere around 100 deals, and now it's like half. So funding deals have drastically reduced. And that's why we have, especially in Southeast Asia, we have been seeing a higher number of layoffs currently, because companies are trying to wither the storm with the amount of money that they still have in their bank balances. So they're trying to cut back on their costs and, and increase their runway. And that's that's what actually has happened. Right. And it's clear, I guess, from the news that we're getting in terms of funding deals, that there are clear distinctions in which industries will be most negatively affected by the recession. And so what insight do you have as to which verticals or industries do you think will do probably a little bit worse than others as we see this recession go full-blown? So from my discussion with VCs, it appears that industries that are discretionary, looked at as discretionary spends, non-essential, nature will be most affected. This includes consumer apps where, you know, maybe e-commerce or like things where you might not require to be spending so much on on some goods, like you, you will reduce your shopping, gaming, maybe, you know, uh, streaming services, which, you know, are like subscription kind of based where you're not looked at uh, as essential luxury goods, real estate for that matter. 
crypto. We have seen bad times right now in crypto. Even travel and tourism. Right now, people, some of them have been saying that, okay, travel and tourism is good. And it's doing well right now because of a pent-up pandemic demand, right? People wanted to get out more and they're traveling a bit. But non-essential travel will reduce. You will not be taking uh, vacation trips or spending a lot of hotels, like, you know, on money, right? Like, you might do trips which are really required. Like, if, if you're going for business, you require to be there for a deal. Yeah, that's going to still happen. But uh, travel and tourism too will take a hit. So it's right now doing well. I think later it's going to be taking a dip. Uh, Non-essential B2B services, you know, that aren't adding any particular value, especially in growing up the revenue of the business or reducing the cost of a business like SaaS companies, especially, you know, I think, which are, um, you know, usually subscription-based kind of yearly annual things, but businesses will be seeing where they're spending. And if something is not actually growing its revenue or reducing the cost, they'll, they'll cut their services. So yeah, that's that's what I found out. Right. And so I guess that means that the ones that will do a little bit better or will tide through this recession would be the businesses that deal in more essential services, essential products. Yeah. Um, are there any examples of, you know, what kind of industries or verticals will see an uptick in business or growth during this recession? Or will, will they only just kind of maintain their status or their growth right now? Or do you think they'll actually see a sharp uptick? I think they will see a sharp uptick. If, if there is something which is like, for example, like, something that is adding a lot of value in terms of growing a company's revenue or reducing the cost of a business or, or actually essential to a consumer too like you know uh, they will do well like i think infrastructure for example like essential infrastructure or saas companies might be you know better off like especially when it comes to payments for like that, that matter like uh, when it comes to offering the infrastructure for card payments or digital payments they they still do well because they are essential they, you cannot just cut it investors that i spoke to even said like green tech companies and esg companies are something which they see adding value and and definitely something that they will continue to, to invest in and will do well we've been seeing ev companies doing well recently uh like EV bike companies or EV cars, there are a lot more EV cars and bikes on the road right now than they used to be. And they're still selling. The reason why is they are not only fuel efficient and they're green for the environment. Secondly, the cost of fuel has increased a lot, right? Fuel prices have gone up because of the Ukraine crisis. And so it's becoming cheaper and much more affordable. There are also in many countries incentives for buying green vehicles and that's making it cheaper for the consumer. So a lot of attention is going towards green tech companies. Agri-tech is something which is of a focus or which will do well. Food is an essential thing, right? Like you are going to eat in the end of the day. And right now, what the Ukraine crisis has also taught us is that, and the pandemic has taught us that every country has to be like self-reliant to some extent to able to feed their own citizens. So people are looking at ways in which they can basically make most of the land that's afforded to them and increase the production of crops so that they can have a good amount of food. So agri-tech is one business or food tech. Uh, health tech, healthcare is something which is very essential. Employment opportunities, those ones which are 
offering employment opportunities will do well which can find jobs right right now that's the most that everyone require we'll be right back It's a brand new year, so if you're looking to be a whole new you who's always up to date on the latest happenings to hit Asia's tech and startup scene, maybe your new year resolution should include a Tech in Asia core subscription. For just 55 cents a day, you could get unlimited news, premium reads, videos, and visual stories, along with unbridled access to data on Asia's leading tech companies, as well as attractive perks at our conferences and events. So what are you waiting for? Take one item off of your New Year resolution list by heading over to techin.asia/sub and getting a Tech in Asia core subscription. We can't wait to have you join the club. Now, back to the show. So, the general sentiments of the people we've spoken to for this recession run series, um, does there seem to be a common thread in their action plan for dealing with the downturn moving forward or are they kind of different and uh disparate throughout depending which vc they are it, it depends there are some main action points i would say that come out through through it like plans one is they are putting a focus on their portfolio companies to increase their bottom line when there was a bull market right when everyone wanted to grow their top line that is the revenue and they wanted to see that revenue growing like at any cost and there was no emphasis so much on the bottom line which is your operating profits or loss uh, but right now that's something that matters right if you are you are profitable right now and you can make profits that means you have a good runway right like that gives you more you don't need to you don't need vc backing and that's what the investors are telling their startups to increase their uh, runway. So concentrate on the bottom line. And I think one of the other things is to reduce the burn rate. So that means also cutting staff. Uh, sadly, that's that's one of the things just to allow them to get a bigger runway to survive this downturn period. All of the investors agreed that this is very cyclical. It's not something that we will never see the end of, right? We always go through the cycle. So they are just telling that they are startups to wither the storm and survive this period because there will be an upswing and then there's going to be more investment coming in. Those startups which actually survive it will do well. Like they'll get more investment. There's not going to be a lack of funds or things like that. They are also telling that their startups to focus on their core businesses and like cut projects that, aren't adding that much value or experimentation where they are going to lose money. So these are some of the key points that came out from my discussions with them. Right. So these, I guess, are the common thoughts that the VCs are having mm. across the board. But are there any VCs who had different takes or different perspectives when it comes to either their outlook for next year and beyond or even their uh, strategies that they're going to employ to overcome this recession and i guess could you give examples of those vcs and um what they're trying to do yeah i think one of the most uh, i think differing perspectives came from a vc partner from wavemaker paul santos his name so i had a good conversation with him and he told me like you don't 
need to tell startups to have 24 months runway. Every VC was talking about startups having a, at least 24 months runway. So he says that that's not something that you should be, uh, It's while it's good, it's not something really essential. It will like, even if a startup has a 12 months or an 18 months runway, it's fine. The whole thing is in this process of telling your portfolio companies of having a longer 24 months or 36 months runway, they might cut projects that might tomorrow be, you know, rewarding for the company or essential to the company. So it's basically like killing the goose that laid the golden egg. Like that seemed like a very good approach, I think, because we constantly see companies adding new streams of revenue. They change their businesses, they pivot their businesses. We've seen that during COVID times. While it's good to focus on the core business, like founders need to take a call, like serious thought whether, okay, this is something down the line that can be uh, something of value to them. Right. So basically don't don't go all in on just trying to survive, but actually yeah. put some resources into trying to innovate. And, yeah. you know, I guess remember the the reason why they're a startup, you know, their their bread and butter is innovation. So to continue yeah. trying to find new revenue streams, um, new options, new ways of surviving. Yeah, precisely. Because uh, I think innovation is key, right? Like startups come into focus because they have created something new. And when they stop inventing or stop, experimenting or trying something new it might just end up killing them too like you know so uh, i think there's more innovation that comes with experimenting and people have to try something new even during these tough times but being prudent in how they spend their their money obviously not going overblown and just splurging on things which are not required but in a cost effective manner if they can create something which which can add value to their customers yeah yes like they should Right. Uh, was there anything else, like any other standout um, opinions or perspectives? Yeah, I think there was one more thing. At least two VCs, I think, had spoken about this. One was from 500, a partner of 500, Southeast Asia, and one was Antler VC. So they spoke about not to be bogged down by the what, what is like going on in the news. And just, just focus on your own thing. It's always like you get surrounded by, you know, news of, layoffs are happening that this company is doing something you know and and maybe shutting down and that company so it actually uh, builds that anxiety in, in in many founders that they are worried about what is going to happen to them and so their advice is not to take a knee jerk reaction at things just put out all this noise and just focus on your on what your company needs to do and what your company needs to do and just not follow what others are doing just because some big company might have cut their staff doesn't mean that you have to do that there might be another approach to doing things okay so there might be another way that you can reduce your cost one more thing is that this is also a good period to hire good talent while people are laying off there are a lot of good talent from some big companies that can add a lot of value to you. I've seen a lot of startups do that. You know, uh, when we see in the meta layoffs, like for example, there was like 11,000 or over 11,000 people that were laid off. Many of them have a lot of experience uh, that they can bring to the table. And I think this is a good time for companies looking out for good, great talent, right? It's not only about cutting costs, it's also about like spending where you require to spend. Right. And were there any indications that the VCs focusing on the Asian region, specifically, I guess, the Southeast Asia, had a different strategy or approach 
to their future investments compared to, I guess, VCs from other parts of the world, like maybe the US, Europe, or is it kind of similar across the entire world that, you know, people are just looking at this recession, trying to cut down costs, increase their investments in certain stuff? Uh, yeah, so it was late to come to Southeast Asia, right? The re- uh, recession and hit the re- So at least when I started the recession run series, I remember some of uh, the VCs saying that, no, it's it, it, it's still yet to come here and things like that. So now it's permeated to Southeast Asia. So it, it impacted like the US and markets in the US and uh, Europe uh, to start with. So we've seen it impacting you know, maybe first late stage because usually first public markets companies it impacts then goes to late stage companies, um, growth companies, and eventually early stage uh, startups too. Um, So they had some time to look at those kind of trends and see those headwinds over there. So they were able to prepare, I think, a little bit better. For example, I think many companies are still looking at early stage investments. Many of them who I spoke to were also early stage VCs, but they were more focused on that because the risk in early stage are a little bit lower. Like you're not putting a large check size like in in late stage. So you are investing smaller amounts, but you are also seeing that these are, okay, companies that can do well right in the later stages. The whole thing is about investing is right. Early stage is a little bit easier than late stage, not only because of check sizes, because of knowing who will come in at the next round. The whole part of investment is like you put in the money, also knowing that the company is going to grow and its valuation is going to grow. And then there's going to be another investor coming in at the growth stage who's going to buy out your stake and you can take that and get profits out of that, you know, at a higher valuation. In the late stage, it's just the public markets. People don't want to go in the public markets right now because it's it's in the bear market right now. So there is no much focus or the, you, you aren't seeing such kind of big deals happening. It's very few deals. You know, we used to see a couple of hundred million rounds happening at least in a, in a month. But now you, you don't see that. It's very rare that you see such a kind of a big check coming through. But that's so different from uh, other markets in the US and even in in Europe too. Because even early stage has been impacted quite a bit because the West is much more developed in the startup ecosystem. And uh, in Southeast Asia and Asia, it's still developing as a market. Right. And, you know, aside from all the VCs who you've spoken to, uh, I'm sure you have your own thoughts, uh, your own takeaways from uh, this entire series that uh, you've kickstarted so far. Uh, do you have any, I guess, parting words to the listeners, to our readers on your insights into what it's going to be like for startups who are seeking funding next year, um, who are hoping to expand their market presence, aiming to scale their business? Yeah, I, I, I think one thing that you know I got through this is like, how the process changes, you know, from when it's a it's a downturn to when it's like actually a bull market. Right now, for example, founders need to put in a lot of time into fundraising. Like, for example, when it's a bull run, they would put like four months or three months, you know, uh, and they could raise capital. But now they need to take about a year to even raise that funding, you know, and it might not be also at a valuation or a growth in valuation that you would want, right? Like we are seeing down rounds also happening right now. And there's nothing bad about having a down round, but if it's helping you survive, like, you know, take it. Like I think sometimes founders need to put their ego aside a little bit and think about 
what's best for the company. I remember one of the VCs also saying that if you think your valuation is, you know, you're, you're getting cut on the valuation that, you know, VCs are giving you a lower valuation, then don't accept it. Go to the market and see what they offer you. You want all the glory during the high times. So this is this is where you have to prove yourself, right? Like, so actually take decisions which are good for your business and and just see like what, what is prudent. If it even means like getting money at a lower valuation, take it like, you know, just to keep your company going and, and survive this period. It's it's not a, it's a tough period. So we had played this valuation game, right? But everyone wants to go from 1 billion to 3 billion, 3 billion to 5 billion to 10 billion and things like that. But sometimes you can go a little bit lower than that and, and just get the money just that's required for your business to sustain it. So, yeah, I think that's some some of these things that I learned from speaking during this, uh, this series, yeah. Thanks so much, Colin. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot. For more stories on what the region's top VCs are thinking, how to deal with the recession, and anything else surrounding Asia's tech and startup scene, visit techin.asia slash sub and become a Tech in Asia subscriber. Either that or subscribe to this podcast to get the lowdown on the biggest headlines to hit the startup scene from the journalists who break the stories. Special thanks to my colleague Colin Furtado for joining me on this episode. As usual, let me know if you liked it or if there's any other stories that you'd like us to dive into. And before I sign off, Happy New Year to you and yours. Thank you for supporting us here at Technasia, and we hope you continue to do so as we take on 2023. Until next time, my name's Nat. Thanks for listening.